Hey everybody, this is Natalie Griffin coming at you live from the Naughty Shaman headquarters and I'm really excited to talk to you today. Um, it's fall here in New England and it's absolutely beautiful and you know I sit outside every day and I like to read in the mornings and sitting outside I was with a cup of steaming hot coffee and it was so chilly that I could even see my breath in the air. I mean, it's not going to be long, it's getting cold up here in New England now. And it's not going to be long until I'm like wrapped in a blanket sitting on the front porch reading books. But I like to be out there in the morning just so I can feel the changes in the air, watch the changes of the forest, see the changes in me. It's just an important time for me to sit and reflect and plug in before you know I'm off to the races of calendaring and scheduling and creating. So, so many people associate fall in this time of year with the falling away, the dying of leaves, and, and certainly this is a terrific time to really contemplate, what am I hanging on to that I can just let fall without a parade, without any fanfare, without calling 17 friends? There are certain things that during the fall season, you can just let fall away gracefully to this natural, natural gravity that happens at the end of the year. And while that's sort of the, the traditional way to look at fall, I can't help this morning looking at this tree that's in the front yard. I've got this Kosa dogwood tree in the front yard, and it is filled with thousands of these giant red berries. Now, other dogwood trees that I've seen, I grew up in Maryland and we had a dogwood tree and it used to get these little tiny cute berries right in the center of where the blossom used to be. This is not that dogwood. This dogwood grows these giant red berries that look like cherries. They look like bumpy cherries. And it's amazing. It's like a spectacular display of fruitfulness. And the boughs of the tree are so heavy and awkward and strange looking because of this audacious display of fruitfulness. It's incredible. It's like a last hurrah, a celebration of everything that's alive. And then I look out in the forest, I can see it everywhere. There's a maple tree with little helicopters hanging, hanging, just waiting for that release. It's like this absolute abundant forest right now. And the really funny thing is I'm sitting here as I'm listening to this really old oak tree that I have in the front yard and it's just dropping acorns like nobody's business. It's like all these acorns are hitting the driveway and they're like pop, 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 hitting the driveway with this sound. And it reminds me of like some kind of avant-garde jazz snare drum. It's truly an incredible time of year. And it's like mother nature's showing off a little bit. I love it. The leaves are even going to join in the fun soon, you know, like during the spring and summer, leaves are producing this massive amount of chlorophyll to provide sugar for the tree so it can grow. And in the fall here in New England, you know, they stop the chlorophyll production machine and they get this double dose of this chemical called anthocyanin and that's what makes the red color in the leaves. And uh, we love that stuff in New England. It's truly, truly a magic, magic time. Well, it's magic and it's chemistry, I guess, but you know what I'm saying. But with all of this amazing fruitfulness around, I can't help but wonder, am I living as well as these trees? You know, am I allowing the changes to occur in my life that will allow me to burst with bright color and have this expansive, fantastic fruitfulness in my life? I mean, these trees aren't surviving. You know, they're not just getting by. They're not walking through life in a drone of mediocrity. They are all allowing this magnificence to pour through their souls 
and it's natural and it's brilliant and it's inspiring to me. It's like everything in mother nature. And this is true. If you think about it, everything in mother nature, including us is designed to seed, to be born, to grow, to learn, and then to cycle through a period of incredible flourishing of abundance before it drops dead. I mean, this is the yearning in our soul. We are yearning for this moment of flourishing, of abundant expression of our truth, of who we are. And it's really wild because I see so many people falling short of expressing the beauty that's inside of them. So how do we do this? How do we become like these trees and just allow these incredible manifestations of our beauty and our soul to come forth, to be shared in the world. It's our birthright to flourish. And we can stop this process dead in its tracks for a couple of different reasons. You know, we're different than trees. I mean, in a lot of obvious ways. But the big difference that I think that stops us from having this incredible flourishing into our awesomeness is that we can think, <laughs> we can think our way out of our awesomeness like lickety split, right? And the trees aren't sitting around wondering like, oh, maybe my berries are too big and weird. I mean, the dogwood down the street, oh, her berries are so cute. I wish I could have berries like that. Oh, I shouldn't even produce these berries because they're just so big and weird and bumpy. And trees don't go through this process, but we do. We wonder if what we have in our soul is good enough we wonder how it will be received. The trees don't ever wonder these things. It's just a natural occurrence right into their absolute apex of expression. It's audacious, really, and it's so courageous. It takes incredible courage for a human to kind of fight against the noise of the machine. And the noise of the machine would have us really be very similar. You know, we want to keep up with the Joneses. We want to look right. We want to sound right. We want to do it right so that we can fit in, so that we can get love, so that we can feel belonging. And, and in that is, is a comfort, but it can also keep us in a cage of mediocrity where we're not able to fully express who we are, which is probably wildly unique. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen two leaves the same. Why on earth would we think that human beings are ever going to be the same? We're not. Each of us have been planted seeds inside of us that we must grow. We absolutely, it's our birthright to grow the seeds that are in our soul to grow. No one else can do it. No one else can have the courage to let it out. And it can be really terrifying. You know, in our minds, we're filled with fear and anxiety about not belonging. And so when we're called into these expressions of who we are, it's easy to let the fear of standing out of being different, of maybe being judged as too awesome, too audacious, too scary, that will hold us back. Or conversely, maybe we fear that what we have to offer just isn't good enough. I mean, who am I to have big bumpy red berries? I mean, who am I to write that book? Who am I to fall in love? Who am I to be loved madly? And we worry that maybe we're not good enough. And so in this way, our thoughts can really derail us from our full expression of fruitfulness. But Mother Nature totally did us a solid because also in our beautiful hearts and minds, she gave us desire. And here is the thing, like there's so much BS about desire out there that desire is bad. And you can read a billion different spiritual texts that'll tell you that desire is bad. And 
what the shamans would say is that the desire that's been planted in your soul since before you were born is your responsibility and birthright to grow into flourishing and expression in this life. It's like we've been given notes to music and we have to learn how to play them. Otherwise, the entire orchestra of life suffers. So we have to locate these seeds of what our soul is yearning to express. This is our calling. We have to spend some time looking in, figuring out what those seeds are that we're yearning, desiring to allow come through us, to come manifest into the world. It's a beautiful, beautiful honor to have this gift of desire. Now, I think where it can get murky is that our desire can sometimes be <laughs> mixed with our fear. So we're working with two separate energies, fear and desire, but sometimes they can get mixed up. And I'll give you a couple of really obvious examples that I see all the time. So there's like a stark difference between um, desire mixed with fear. So here's, let's say, let's say I deeply desire to be with this man because I'm afraid of being alone and I want him to take my loneliness away. This is rooted in a fear of loneliness. You can hear it right there. Most of us won't admit that, but that desire is a running from something. It's a running from something. So conversely, if you take your desire, separate it out of the fear, and you just tap into that soul seed of desire that was planted, your birthright, and there's a desire in there that's maybe down deep. And if you're coming from a place of, man, I deeply desire this man because I want to know him and be known, then you're not running from anything anymore. You're running to knowing. You're running to a depth toward an intimacy, toward an experience that you could not otherwise have. And if you think about it, when we're running from something, Think about running from a bear. I mean, this doesn't happen to me, but I can imagine it. My heart rate goes up. You get these giant cortisol dumps. Your adrenaline is pumping. Like absolutely, when you're running from something, there's something that happens in your body that is not sustainable and not healthy. So the relationship, the project, anything that you're running from likely will not bear fruit. Not the big, fat, juicy kind of fruit. But if you're running toward something out of a desire in your soul, if you're running toward the ocean on a hot summer day, if you're running toward a lover, if you're running toward a sunset before it goes down, your soul is on fire. There's not a mountain, a stream, a person saying something negative that will stop you from running towards that. If that desire is rooted in your soul, you will have a tireless, a tireless energy for experiencing it. And the greatest thing about using this, this desire seed that's in your soul is that you can never lose, you know, because if you're running towards knowing a human being and in a relationship with that person, then you cannot lose regardless of the outcome. And if you're running from it into a relationship, then you can absolutely lose because it's likely that that person won't be able to take your loneliness away. It's kind of an inside job. No matter what, other people can't make us feel like we're enough. That's an inside job. You can't delegate it. Another example is, let's say you've got a desire to write a book. 
and you want to write this book because like three of your colleagues have written books and you really want to write a book because you want to be as good as them or better than them, but definitely not worse. So now you're playing the comparison game and really you're running from this fear of not being enough. And you're going to have a lot of anxiety around this pursuit And you're going to have a lot of cortisol dumping into your system. You might experience adrenal fatigue and eventually your project will fizzle out because adrenaline, coffee, cigarettes, you name it, is not going to be enough to sustain you through the obstacles of writer's block, through the obstacles of, of, you know, late nights writing. It's not going to be enough to sustain you. But if you have a desire to write a book because your soul is on fire and you have something to say and you don't even care if anybody reads it, regardless of the outcome, you're going to chase that desire because it's coming from a deep place inside and your soul is connected to an infinite universe and there's an infinite amount of energy available to you when you are in alignment with it. You will be up at 5 a.m. You will be up until 3 a.m. You will not experience an obstacle that you cannot problem solve your way through because you're on fire from a deep place that's connected to an infinite well of energy. So desire has a very powerful place in our lives. It's not selfish. It's not all this stuff that we've learned. You know, I think some people are afraid of their desires because they're afraid that they're going to be horrible and express horrible expressions. And it's not true. It's like Marianne Williamson said, our greatest fear is not that we are horrible, and I'm paraphrasing very badly, but our greatest fear is that we are incredible, that we are powerful beyond imagination. It takes an incredible amount of courage to allow the natural process of your growth and brilliance to come to full fruition. But just like these trees that right now, this time of year, are opening up and making available the most brilliant expressions of who they are, we have that birthright too. And we only have this short, precious life. So think about what are those desire seeds in you? those things that you could talk about endlessly, gifts that you could give for free forever. These are desires in your soul that you are called to share. And to not share them would be an incredible, not only waste of a gift, a precious gift given to you, but it would be a terrible, terrible and cruel thing to deny the world from having. When we deny others access to who we are, We are kind of messing with the symphony of life. We're blocking harmony. We're creating dissonance in the orchestra of life. We have to play the notes that we were given. And it's scary. I'm not going to lie. It's absolutely terrifying to make a podcast, to tell someone the truth of how you feel, to share someone your hopes and fears. It is scary. Absolutely. Because they may understand. They may run the other direction. We have no control or way of knowing how that's going to go. And yet we are called to do it. We're called right now more than ever into this time of expression of our truth regardless of the outcome, regardless of the outcome. And if you can stay connected to those seeds in your soul that are rooted in a desire to express what is true, then you cannot lose. If you're desiring to express what will make you fit in, then it's likely that you will experience extreme disappointment and frustration. 
But if you constantly tap into what is true for you and express it, then no matter how anything works out, you can feel good about your strength to show up for life, to be present to life. That's what we're here for. I mean, what's our other option, my friends? Our other option is to close off to life, to close off to ever feeling anything that might possibly hurt. Why would we choose that? It would be a horrible denial of what's natural. It would be like taking that natural red berry that wants to flourish and like putting it back in the seed. That's painful even to think about. Everything in life is in a process of expansion, even the universe itself. And we are a part of that. And to deny ourselves that expansion is painful. So think about your desires, my loves. Really, really think about it. Think about how your fear is is pushing you in directions that might not be natural for you. Or how your fear is putting the lid, trying to put the berry back in the seed. And then take a deep breath and trust your truth and show up. Show up with your whole heart, with your whole mind, and open your mouth. Say what needs to be said. Feel what needs to be felt. And in this way, you will reclaim your power and be able to come to full, full fruition, audacious fruition, before your precious time here on the planet ends. All right, my loves, these are my deep thoughts about the fall. I am so happy that uh, you joined me today. And um, I can't wait to see you more. Let me know what you're doing with your desires. Let me know how you're stopping your desires and have found a workaround. It's brilliant to collect these tips from all of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to Naughty Shaman, where we like to keep the sacred a little bit wild and totally real.